Hey everybody, this is Monica, owner of Dirty Dog Photography and the founder of Seattle Pet Collective. I just wanted to say I'm so glad you're here. 2020 has been real weird. And all I know is that community is what we need when things are hard, when things are easy, when things are beautiful, when things are ugly. Community is what lifts us up through all of it. So I'm really grateful to be a part of the Seattle Pet community because it's full of people who care. And that's why I made this podcast because I care about this community and I want to make sure that we're sharing stories that lift us up when we need it. So I am very excited to begin season two of the Seattle Pet Collective podcast. And I have really big news for you guys. I'm not doing this alone anymore. I've brought on three of the most amazing women that I know here in Seattle who have all been guests on this podcast and I have just become even closer to each one of them in the year since starting this podcast. I couldn't imagine continuing on with this space without having my friends be a part of it as well. So season one was amazing, but season two is pretty much unstoppable. This is our first episode of the season and it features all four of us. It's a little bit silly, it gets emotional, but it's just the beginning. everybody. This is Marika, owner of Dirty Dog Photography and founder of Seattle Pet Collective. Welcome to season two of the Seattle Pet Collective podcast. Woo-hoo! Yay! Yay! So, multiple voices. It's not all me. <laughs> when I started Seattle Pet Collective, I had a vision of building a community that supports one another through connection and collaboration. It has been an amazing journey so far, but recently I realized that the space that I have created has the potential to do even greater work through bringing more voices to the table. I am so excited to announce that Seattle Pet Collective now has three additional hosts to help share the stories of our Seattle pet community. Each one of these women are, oh no, I'm going to get emotional. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. We're not even a minute in and I'm losing my shit, you guys. Okay. Each one of these women are women I love and admire. They have helped me grow over the past year and their passion for pets and community inspires me. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. Season two is going to be a wreck in the best kind of way. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. So as soon as I can stop this emotional outburst, we're going to get to look, get to low, get to know a little bit about each one of these amazing women. And then we're just going to chat about what's been happening in our world, how we've adjusted and all of our hopes and dreams for the future. Maybe not all in that order. Obviously we're already getting wild and crazy (laughs) because there are four of us here today. That's pretty much a given. So to introduce each of them, we have Lauren Hartley, who's the owner of All Dog Kind. You can say hi. Hi. Yay. Tracy Campion, who is the owner of Pet Connection Magazine. Yay. Yay. And Holly Cook, who is the owner of Holly Cook Photography. Hi, Holly. How are you guys doing? How are you ladies doing? Good. 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 I'm so, 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 so happy that you're here. And I am like so honored that you all said yes to being a part of this. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Yeah, it was an honor. Yay. Okay. Um, so I want to give each of you the opportunity to tell us a little bit about what you do in your businesses, in your world, in your life, and what you're looking forward to most about contributing to the podcast and the community. Um, 
I'm going to start with Lauren. Okay. Um, <laughs> She's looking at me like, what? <laughs> I, um, I definitely told Marka before we started that I had written a spiel. So I'm just going to do an abbreviated version of the spiel that I wrote down. But uh, like Marka said, my name is Lauren Hartley. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm the owner and maker behind All Dog Kind. Um, All Dog Kind uh, is my little business that I've created. Um, I do original artwork. I do um, different um, items for dogs and pets, including bandanas and dog hats. Um, and so when I started this business, the name All Dog Kind came from this concept that, um, you know, as I was brainstorming, just sort of came out of me and I wrote down and it's that all dogs, regardless of their breed or past, deserve love, dignity, and kindness. All dog kind. Um, it sort of stuck. Um, it felt right. It felt inclusive. All dog kind. Save them all. Um, sort of like all humankind. Um, and so I think from right off the bat, I knew that I wanted to um, have a, a deeper meaning, a, a deeper reason um, behind this business. And um, so I did that by uh, making it a, a business policy that 20% of my profits go to animal rescues. So basically every quarter I choose a different, pay my taxes, choose a different rescue, donate. Um, and so that felt like a good way to make it very clear to people who were supporting me in my business what my belief system was um, and sort of what the business stood for. Um, and so now as we are in this movement and, and this moment and season two of the Seattle Pet Collective podcast, um, it feels like an opportunity for um, a couple different things to sort of come together. Um, so I'm just really pumped to be here and I'm really pumped to create these episodes and sort of go on this journey with the pet community that we've built and that we're creating. And, um, I'm just really grateful. So yeah, it. that's my mini spiel. Is there anything specific that you're super excited about incorporating? Yeah. So I guess the theme that, um, I've, I, that we've all sort of identified like a, a theme or superpower or something that we want to delve deeper into with our episodes this season. And um, for me, that theme was all about finding and identifying the intersections between pet community and between activism. Um, so like I said, I mentioned sort of that brand philosophy um, included the words like deserve love, dignity, and kindness. And so I think in a lot of ways right now, we need to totally reevaluate the way we understand human dignity, we understand um, dignity in, in its capacity for animal welfare. Um, and so for me, those intersections are like a really amazing opportunity for me to sort of create an episode and um, dig and research and um, make a learning opportunity for me and the pet community and sort of welcome feedback and go on that journey together. But um, basically you can look forward to um, episodes around everything from pet owners experiencing homelessness, um, pet Halloween costumes, um, dog programs that are implemented in prisons, dog poop, the history of um, pets and policing. Um, and so because sort of uh, from my brand business background, I'm also looking forward to creating like little infographics and resource pages. So um, after you listen to an episode, you have a way to sort of share with the pet community um, what you're excited about and fun facts and all of that. And um, I don't know, I'm just really excited. I, I love our pet community and I'm really pumped to go on this journey together. So I am. I, I don't even have words to express how excited I am about all of that because I feel like it's so easy to get overwhelmed with trying to figure out how to do all the things. Yeah. And so we in our community need people who are stepping up in, in a specific area to help guide us. And I think that you're bringing something so needed and I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, and by all means, I am I am not an expert. Um, I'm going to be going to great lengths to, like, um, you know, as 
because of who I am, I can say nothing new on, on most of these issues, but it's, it's my goal to sort of uh, gather it all together, put it in a place and, and connect it to who we are as a pet community. Um, and so I'm, I'm just looking forward to that. And I think it's going to be exciting. Yes. I love it so much. Oh my gosh. Okay, Tracy, I want to hear from you. Awesome. So I have been the co-publisher of Pet Connection magazine for five years. I have a background in um, primate behavior. I have a master's degree in primate behavior, which means I'm technically a primatologist. And uh, I have a background in uh, journalism. I have a master's in journalism. And some of the topics that I'm really excited to bring to our community um, since childhood, I've surrounded myself with uh, differently abled animals, and I feel like they bring uh, a special magic, um, just how they are tenacious, and they don't see it as a limitation, and they're like, I'll just do it this way instead, um, and, and how they're just so joyful, and uh, that's one of the things that I'm going to be focusing on. Another thing I'll be discussing is the emotional support that animals and humans can provide to one, one another, um, especially during a time like a global pandemic when a lot of us, um, maybe we've always had a little bit of anxiety, but some of these really emotional experiences are, are bubbling up to the top more so than they may have in the past and how animals are helping us and we're also helping our animals get through this. And in the magazine, I love to highlight uh, the stories of people in our community, um, our September, October issues, which we're working on right now, highlight local animal advocates. And I was interviewing somebody the other day who I admire very much. Uh, she's one of the co-founders of Meow Cat Rescue. And at the end of the interview, she almost made me cry because she thanked me for doing what I do. And here I was just listening to all of the amazing things that she had done. And I thought it, it should be our community who's thanking you. And so I just really love to bring those beautiful stories to people so that they can hear about how we have people in our community who are behind the scenes and making a difference for animals every day for years and years and years. And you're just not, you're, you're not aware of the work that they're putting in. You're only aware of the result, which is fewer euthanasias, um, more uh, awareness of um, animal behavior and personality and better adoption programs and more access to spay neuter. So um, that, that's one of the things that our magazine really likes to focus on is um, education and, and um, you know, shining a light on people who might not otherwise uh, get the credit that they deserve. Goosebumps. I just am uh, amazed at your network. It's not even, it's not, I wouldn't, network isn't quite the right word. It is your community that you have built through bringing these stories to the greater community. And I am so freaking excited for more of that. So thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and Holly Cook. Hi. <laughs> okay, so I'm Holly Cook from Holly Cook Photography here in Seattle. I have been in Seattle for about five years. Um, in my former life in Michigan, I was a professional pet sitter, dog walker, and obedience trainer. I also am certified in canine psychology. So if your dog has a problem, he can talk to me and I can help him fix it. <laughs> My role here for the Seattle Pet Collective is education, um, specifically with working dogs, therapy dogs, um, dogs who serve. Um, there's some political banter going on about dogs um, in the service world, but that's not what I wanna focus on. I wanna focus on educating people about how these dogs work, that they love to work, and that there's a lot of training involved. Um, the second part of what I do is uh, I want to help pets find homes. Um, I don't believe that animals should be homeless. I believe that every animal needs to have a home and a family. What, and it doesn't matter what that home or that family looks like. It, they just, they deserve to have a person that loves them as much as they love that person. 
And so part of my mission here in Seattle is to make that happen. So that's basically what I'm doing. <laughs> and you're doing it really well. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, most, I've talked about myself a lot, but I will just say a couple of things. Um, I'm the owner of Dirty Dog Photography, pet photographer, and everything that I do revolves around helping people connect through sharing their pet stories and their stories. Um, I'm a big believer in, um, even though my, my, I photograph animals, my clients are people and I love, I love people. Sometimes people are really hard, but ultimately everything that we do is a human issue. And it's important that we remember that, um, in the, in the animal community, in our pet community, that people are the people, people are the people who get things done, who make the changes. So this is what I'm so excited about to bring more amazing people into the space so that we can reach more of the people in our pet community to, to lift them up, connect them to pet owners, to nonprofits, to businesses, whatever it is on a greater level than has been happening. Um, so that's, I mean, I will just be, I will just continue to do what I have been doing, which is supporting small business, nonprofits, uh, people doing great things in the pet community. That's, that's all I want to do. I love it so much. And you do it well. Yeah, you do. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I love that each one of you has been a guest on the podcast. So you understand, um, yeah. that side of it. So it's super exciting. Um, so I now I want to ask, and you guys can just, you know, jump in and answer these or say whatever you are inspired to say. Um, I want to know what has been your greatest challenge of 2020. I know there are a lot of them, or there's some real big ones. Um, and I want to know a little bit about how you have pivoted or how you have moved forward from that. Does that include COVID or is that outside of COVID? Oh, anything. I mean, co yeah, we all, that's a big thing for all of us, but I just, I just want to open up the conversation to talk about like, it's been tough, but resilience is, is big right now. Like, yeah. Lauren, did you have something to say? I thought you had something to say. I'll go first again. I can start. Do it, um, Tracy, do it. Oh, well, one of, one of my biggest challenges, so when, when the pandemic started, um, a big source of comfort for me was going and spending time with my horse several times a week. And shortly after his eighth birthday, he decided to become very, very sick. And so for me, um, it's been a big challenge just navigating um, his diagnoses and his treatment plan um, while all of the labs are kind of slowed down due to COVID and just trying to advocate for him the best that I can, um, which meant uh, moving him even further away from me uh, to my mom's farm in Oregon, where he can just... Um, be a horse. And so that for me was a big challenge because um, anyone who has heard about or met my horse, um, he's or just- Or listened to your episode from last season. Yeah. We taught, you told the yeah, story of, of how you got him. So I think that's important to note right now that people go listen to that episode because it's really beautiful and you'll get to feel what, what we're talking about right now. Yeah. yeah. He's just, he's just a big goofball. Um, he has a class clown type of a personality, um, not a mean bone in his body. And he started to have um, these episodes. And when I say it's called head shaking syndrome, I don't mean like shaking your head a little bit to the side. It's more of like a Tourette's type tick. It's very violent. Um, he was having a lot of pain in his nose. He was rubbing his nose on the ground, trying to kick his own face. And it got to the point where it wasn't safe or humane to ride him or to even exercise him. And um, fortunately, we finally figured out that it's probably a chronic long-term infection. Um, antibiotics seem to be providing him some relief, um, but it's still a long road. But, but for me, with um, all the changes that we were already making due to the pandemic, it's been just a huge challenge um, emotionally, financially, um, just constantly worrying about you know, is my horse okay? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's been one thing that my family's been dealing with. 
Yeah, I think that's like, it's, it's, Holly, you mentioned like, does, does that include COVID-19? I feel like um, that's one of the ways that like, uh, we're not in a normal place anymore. And right. like you mentioned, Tracy, like access to vet care, access mm -hmm. to everything is very, very different um, for a lot of very reasonable reasons during a pandemic. But I feel like that makes um, everything more difficult. And yeah, the emotional and the journey more difficult. The vets have been great. The vets that have been working with him, but they're just um, their capacity is diminished because totally. they have to have all these protocols to stay safe for COVID. And then um, it takes longer to get an appointment. It takes longer for the lab work. So um, I have people asking me on an almost daily basis, "How's your horse doing?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm not going to know for ten more days." And they're like, 10 days? That's forever." I'm like, "Tell me about it." Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's 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 hard because always in the back of my mind, I'm wondering, is my horse doing okay? Fortunately, since he's at grandma's house, yeah. um, I do get regular photo and video updates and she uh, loves him just as much as I do. She's like, wow, he's really funny and goofy. He likes to pick <laughs> up his food bin and throw it around. So she has to tie his food bin to the fence or he'll pick it up and throw it. Um, he likes to do things like, you know, rearrange the fencing because he's <laughs> smart and he gets bored. What a so she's, she's learning the joys of this super goofy, funny horse. Whoa. I love it. He's amazing. That's amazing. So how, the second part of the question is, how have you moved forward since finding out all of this? this challenge? Um, just, just realizing that diagnostics take a while. Um, and then, uh, I started riding other horses in the meantime, just because, um, I knew that I still needed that outlet. Unfortunately, I was able to find, um, a couple of other horses that I was able to ride. Uh, and then writing about it in my magazine, um, I'm going to be, uh, telling everybody in the upcoming issues because, um, when you're a publisher and you share your personal stories, you share the difficult ones too, because you want people to understand that, you know, you've, you've been there, that you understand, um, weird medical things, um, having to advocate for your animals and, um, and, you know, just drawing the community together and letting them know that if they're going through something difficult too, that, that they're not alone, that they're not the only one. Love it. I, that, that connection is so important. And I appreciate all of your stories and how that the way that you share them creates that connection on a really deep level. Awesome. Okay, Lauren, you had something. Oh, um, <laughs> okay. So most difficult part of 2020. Your greatest the, challenge. Greatest challenge. Oof. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I guess I'll get like a little bit, I'm going to zoom out like a, a tiny bit, but like for me, um, I think completely redefining the concept of success around myself personally and around my business, because, um, at the beginning of 2020, I had like one full year doing retail under my belt, doing events. I was like, figuring it out, dialing it in, had huge plans for 2020 and to just have all of that um, for, you know, just be completely obliterated. Mm. Um, in, in the same breath, it's like all of that feels so uh, small and unimportant in this big picture, um, mm -hmm. but it was still impacting me as an individual um, because I had... Um, for better or for worse as a small business owner, like the success of my business, like greatly impacts the, my concept of myself as a successful person. Um, so I've had to, I've had to sort of like break that down. And it, it uh, also sort of involves like not only redefining success, but like completely changing my relationship with control in a lot of ways, because 2020 is all about destroying your ego and letting you know that like, 
you can't control anything, cutie pie. Like, the oh world's, my the God. world's got things going Goosebumps on. Goosebumps t-shirt, t-shirt moment. <laughs> and so no, it's, you can't control anything, cutie pie. <laughs> I like, love it. A lot of it is Ooh. just, you just have to ride the wave and be gentle and kind with yourself. But um, there are things, you know, that we can impact and that we can affect change around. And focusing on that has been uh, important for me. And so because my sales and my retail part of my business sort of is having to be reimagined and is like this little, uh, it because it was like to burn down and is having to start again in a different capacity, it, the growth isn't as strong and as, as fast as it had been. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've focused, I'm trying to shift my focus and energy um, into things like this podcast and into sort of trying to change, um, build out my brand and my business in other ways. Um, but yeah, that's, I don't know. That's what I think about it. Like, that was, that was so insightful and incredible. And I can tell you that we all relate. We all relate to it so friggin' much. It's that this year has been the great reorganizer yeah it has for sure made us all take a big long look at what is important and what whether or not we're actively living the life that we want and that and that it's in alignment with our the the things we actually believe in um yeah yeah one of one of my personal um things that I struggle with the most is flexibility. And so I'm like, okay, 2020. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, because for me, like, I, I agree, Lauren, like I had, I had a calendar all mapped out. I had my plans. I had plans for my business. I had plans for my horse. I had plans for the book I'm working on. And it's like, I have had to learn to be flexible. And when I have a panic attack, because I can't control things, um, I've had to do things like uh, work out more or uh, do just do something where I have an outlet because yeah, there, there is no control and there is no, like, we don't know what's going to happen next. And so, you know, embracing um, those things that mean the most to us um, has really been helpful. Yeah. I think that's why I'm really pumped about the episodes you're going to do because I think as for the pet community and and as a pet owner, I have leaned hard on my pets in these times. Mm -hmm. Like we have just been fostering our butts off because I'm just like, keep them coming. Keep me busy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, find things you can control and that help. Mm -hmm. Like meal planning. (laughs) Like meal planning. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's my husband. He, that one, that one worked for him. (laughs) I love it. Okay, Holly. Okay. Um, I, I've been giving this some thought as Lauren and Tracy were chatting. And at the beginning of 2020, I was involved with, um, not a business coach, but somebody who um, kind of guides me along. And I was asked to put a name to 2020 and what my goals were. And so 2020 for me was supposed to be the year of reciprocity. I was supposed to give back. Um, and I had plans on how that was supposed to look and what it, how I was going to make this happen. And COVID hit, and if you guys know me, but our audience may not know me, I am the biggest germaphobe in the world, and COVID is my worst nightmare come true. Like, I've watched Contagion so many times, I can <laughs> recite the movie. It's just... <laughs> Like, so when COVID hit, I remember talking to Tracy about it. And when it made it to the state of Washington, I sent her a text and I said, it's here. You sent that to the three, to both of us. Oh, to both of you? Okay. Tracy and I have talked about this several times where we've been like, (laughs) holy shit. When when Holly said that to us, we were like, oh, it's not a big deal. We're fine. I'm not, I'm not going to show you guys, but I'm actually covered in goosebumps right now because, um, when Holly sent that message, I, I like, it didn't, I, I didn't think much of it, but now Holly, the story that I'm writing about it, it starts that way. 
Oh no. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, no. <laughs> Prophetic You're words. heroine in the book. It's yeah. here. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah. So um that began my descent into darkness and fear um about COVID. And I was um Kyle calls it Kyle's my kid. Um, Kyle calls it doom scrolling, where I was just constantly on Facebook or social media or checking the news websites, trying to find out. Again, it's about control, like Lauren said, but it was about when's it going to get me? When, you know, how many people is it going to hurt? I was worried about my dad back in Michigan. Like it was just, it was a nightmare. Tony was started working from home. Kyle started working from home. Everything got shut down. May 11th or March 11th is the day we got put into quarantine, into lockdown. And I'll never forget that day. I will never forget that day. So my biggest challenge was how do you give back when you're locked down? How do you, you reciprocate? And it turns out that while COVID is probably the worst pandemic and probably the worst thing that has happened in 2020, for me, it was an eye-opener and a blessing because it made me sit down and think about how can I give back without walking at my front door? What can I do while I'm sitting on my bed with my laptop? What can I do while I'm at my desk? Um, how do I communicate with my friends? How do I reach out to my family members? And under that umbrella of how can I do this came this whole, um, this whole list of ideas and ways for me to build a community. And it has actually worked out really well for me um, because I am building a community of like-minded people. I have met so many wonderful people um, who get me. Like, I'm not a crazy dog lady anymore. I just fit in now. And that's amazing. <laughs> I have no idea what it's like. And so how I moved forward was just one step at a time. It was just, if I could get out of bed that day and move forward without anxiety, um, I would do it. Even if I couldn't brush my hair, I could, I did what I could do. And I'm still working in that function. I'm, that's, that's, how, that's the way I'm functioning right now. If I can get out of bed and move one foot forward, that's what I'm going to do. Most days are good now, whereas before most days were bad. So I think we adapt and we adjust. And as long as we're true to what's in our heart and we listen to our intuition and we follow our magic, I think it'll all work out in the end. Mm -hmm. I am a big believer in having some of our biggest growth moments in the hardest of times. And I mean, it, it's not how, you know, you have, you have two choices. You can either shrink or you can grow. You and can actually do both. Like you can shrink for yeah. a little while and then grow. Yes, but ultimately you grow. For yeah, sure. absolutely. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, but I and it's it's super inspiring to hear each of you just talk about how you move forward from just a little tiny piece of the challenge of 2020. Yeah, yeah. I know. I was like, I was like, pick one. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> What about top 10? COVID has affected all of us, right? And, and yeah. it has affected all four of our businesses. Like I know that everybody has pivoted their business model and the way that they communicate with their customers or their clients. So, I've, you know, it's a good place to start because it's, it's um, relatable to everybody, no matter where mm -hmm. you are in your business or your life. COVID yeah. has stopped you in your tracks and you have had to change the way that you live. Mm -hmm. It's All a, of us have. And it'll, it'll forever be a post-COVID world. Like there is yeah, no, there is no going back. So this like, is, no. the, this is, ha we have no other choice but to move forward. Right. Well, in our so. house, BC now stands for before COVID. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. So I would also love to know what, shifting from challenges to inspiration, what have you found to be the most inspiring thing for you personally or professionally or whatever so far in 2020? It could be anything. I will go first with okay, that one. Do it. And this, you guys are going to be completely embarrassed, but um, the, most the most inspirational thing that has happened to me in 2020 is you guys. Oh, oh, oh don't make me honestly. cry. Careful, Holly. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to be honest here. Um, Coming from 
where I used to live, I did not have a group of, of women friends who understood me or appreciated what I do. And being connected with the three of you is like coming home. And you guys inspire me to do better. You inspire me to serve better. And you inspire me to be a better friend, not only to you, but to the world in general. So my biggest inspiration has been you guys. And it's been like the biggest blessing of 2020 so far. Oh. Well, Holly, I, I, I know that you don't really remember this, but um, shortly after you came to Washington, um, uh, when you were doing the photos at our Halloween event, mm -hmm. and that was like one of your first photo gigs. Yeah. And then um, just watching that transformation that that you have made, um, it's been amazing to be a part of that journey. Aww. Like seeing seeing the difference in your photos from where you were just starting out to now your unique voice. It's like you put your soul into it and, and you, you can see that in, in your images. Thank you, Tracy. That's amazing. Even in just like the last year, for real, yeah. like, yeah. holy moly, yeah. holy moly, just your growth, your personal growth, your ability to connect your heart to the work that you're doing and and like you said building your community and your your advocacy for dogs who work yeah is incredible and the that's people that's all you guys that was all you guys <laughs> it i think it was yeah it's about surrounding yourself with people who get you and who can lift you up Absolutely. but it does come from a place within you to to you know having having that ha having that community of people or that group of people to to let you feel like you can be who you are yeah. is really important. Yeah. And I couldn't have started that journey without you guys. I would not have had, I wouldn't have been brave enough to even try to start down that journey. So, and I remember the conversation in Starbucks mm -hmm. when this all started. So that was, that's all you guys. So thank you for that. And look where we are. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay, I'm done. Emergency. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who's next? Can you guys Inspiring. hear the sirens? Because I will turn yeah. off. The okay. It's okay. Yeah, I'm like periodically <laughs> muting as Foster Baby <laughs> howls in the next room. I'm like, mute. <laughs> I, have, I have animals that want to know why I am in a room where they aren't. And so every, every now and again, a paw will emerge underneath the door. <laughs> or, I'll, or I'll hear like... <laughs> I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> oh my I'm recording. <laughs> I'm working hard now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man. Kerouac's outside and I'm in my office, so she doesn't have access to uh, to my office because she can open the door on her own. She just pushes on it and goes <laughs> wild and crazy. It's amazing. She's come in during a couple of meetings before and it's hilarious. So. Okay, we can move on to another question too, because I mean we're filling this this hour with a lot of amazing conversation. I love it. Um, so for anybody who would like to share, um, what is the biggest lesson you've learned over the past year since being a guest on Seattle Pet Collective? Hmm. So that includes part of 2019 before COVID. I can answer that. Okay. Yes. I oh, have holy. learned <laughs> I have learned that I can make a difference in the life of a pet or an animal. I can make a difference. Even if it's just a photograph or telling their story or I have the power to make a difference in the life of a pet and that's huge. So that's what I've learned since I was on on the podcast last year. I love it. Yeah. I think you were making a difference in their lives before that, but I think that you have been able, I can tell you, I've seen you discover new pieces of that and how you personally and your energy is a huge part of that. Oh, so that's thank awesome. you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Being Funny how you know things too. about me before I figured them out myself. Well, we do, we do have the same brain. Um, this is true. Yeah. That's another, that we could say that we've learned, Holly and yes. I have learned that we are, we are attached at the brain. Yep. Um, it is quite a fun thing to experience. Kind of annoying sometimes too. Like, Marika, stop finishing my sentences. Yeah, it's fun. 
it's real fun. It's fun to watch it just from like a conversation thread where they both say the same thing at the same time and they ask and answer the same question. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. What's happening here? And then it's usually followed by, oh my God, get out of my brain. Get out of my brain. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Oh my gosh. Okay, Lauren, I want to know, because you were the very first guest on Seattle Pet right. Collective. Um, okay, I guess I'm just going to say the first thing that's come into my head. And um, so I lost Jack in September. So we're coming up on the one year anniversary of that. Um, Jack was my first dog that I had. Um, it was my first non-family dog. He's the first dog I've ever adopted as an individual. Um, we had 13 years together and he passed when he was 15. So like amazing life, solid. Um, I was, I think 19 when I adopted him and he passed recently. So like basically he was with me as I became who I am today. And um, I did my very best to sort of like make a plan for like we ca we call it pj post jack so I, I thought it was funny that you had like pc anyway um and part of that plan was like all right you have to foster like you just have to because um it'll it'll keep you going it'll keep things moving you won't stay in your hole and, and just cry all the time um and so uh through fostering i've been fostering through pacific northwest cattle dog rescue because we have a very nutty wonderful uh, people in dog reactive ACD ourselves named Gus. Um, I've learned that there are these like ripple effects um, and the ripple effects are sort of like you you don't see them maybe immediately but then something down the road happens and it loops right back um, and I think I think like the third foster we had was Sarge um, and Sarge had been uh, pulled from a um, animal control center in Texas. And um, I made all these really wonderful connections like to people that got Sarge out of there. Um, and it made me feel like, I was like, wow, that's like this bigger picture. It feels really wonderful um, to be able to have those connections. and. So the woman that did that, her name is Heather and uh, yada, yada, like learned about what she's doing, learned that there's a, um, some rescues that help her out, follow them on social media. And this little scruffy black terrier mix pops up on social media one day. And uh, my, my spouse, Justin, has been like, requesting like can we please get a smaller dog maybe something that's scruffy with a beard this time like we, should, we keep getting <laughs> having these huge dogs in our very small house um so anyway we send an application we're like yeah we'll see what happens fast forward we now have pete he's a part of our family we're a three dog family Aww. again and it turns out that pete was pulled from the same shelter that sarge was by the Aww. same woman, I would Did you mention that Sarge was almost a foster fail? Yeah, Sarge was, Sarge, uh, like, sort of cracked my spirit and my soul open to fostering and made me truly, deeply, passionately believe in it, um, and he, he was just, like, such a good dog. Um, the little that we know about him, he had a dog friend that was hit by a car and passed and they found him next to the body under an overpass oh, and he was goodness. just there being Sarge. And so he came to us and I learned all of this about him. And I remember holding his little head in my hand and being like, why didn't you tell me? Like, um, Lauren, that should have come with a tissue alert. Like I don't <laughs> sorry. have any Kleenex nearby, but Anyways, like, so I didn't know that story. <laughs> back to the happy ending, Pete, right? <laughs> so- um, I knew Pete, I found Pete through, um, oh, I, I can't believe I'm brain farting on the rescue that he's from. I will put, we'll put it in the show notes or something. But anyway, so like, I wouldn't have found Pete unless I had been following them, which is like yada, yada, yada down to Sarge, yada, yada, yada down to plan, fostering, Gus, Jack. Um, we get the medical records for Pete after we get approved for adoption. I'm scrolling and that's the moment after we adopted him that I found out that Heather was the one that had pulled him and brought him wow. to us. Wow. So 
it's it goes back to what you were saying holly it's like you you know like deep deep inside you you know what you need you have to go after it like um but it's ripple effects so like even though things can be shit and terrible like just just do what you can just keep moving and then sometimes that bears fruit and comes back and brings you a really scruffy adorable baby named pete with a beard with I a beard. beard, yeah. And I think Justin was like, "Can can we get one with a beard, please?" Yeah. <laughs> that was his one be, request. And then if you like brought home a goat, what would that be? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was a loophole I never thought. Of. <laughs> okay, yeah, you've got always got to be careful with the loopholes. <laughs> oh, oh, oh man, I oh, mean, and there are other ripple effects to that, right? Like I've made this wonderful connection with Heather. Like I've. Um, I'm now like bonkers about fostering for Pacific Northwest Cattle Dog Rescue and met people through that. Um, fostered six of these little guys. Aww. So, all um, in 2020. Yeah, since January. Thank you, wow. COVID. Yeah, right. What else is there to do? Just keep them yeah. coming. <laughs> so, keep them coming. Oh my yeah. gosh. So, yeah, ripple I effects, it. I guess. Yeah, is my short answer. I love it. <laughs> Tracy, did you have? I did. Yes. Um, as a magazine publisher um, and as somebody that likes to plan, one thing that I struggle with is being in the moment and appreciating the now. And because I'm always thinking like one issue ahead, two issues ahead, three issues ahead. Um, and COVID has forced me to just be in the moment and appreciate. Um, my friends and family and animals. Oh, I love that. I like that too. It's really, really important. I am the same way. It is easy for me to not be in the moment because I have big ideas and <laughs> constantly want to figure out how to make them happen. Yeah. Yeah. Leaves me in the, not in the present. So that's a really good reminder. Okay. So If you could give one call to action to the Seattle pet community for the rest of 2020, what would that be? Or what would that look like? I'm not going first. <laughs> I, 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 I have an idea. Okay. Um, I think that it would be to reach out to um, a local animal organization and ask them what they need because those needs are fluctuating with the pandemic and maybe they, their greatest need right now is fosters. Maybe their greatest need right now is volunteers. Um, you know, once restrictions get um, eased up a little bit, maybe it's donations um, because a lot of organizations have had to pivot to having virtual fundraisers. Maybe it's just getting the word out about that. So I would say um, my call to action uh, suggestion would be reach out to local animal organizations and say, um, what do you most need and how can I help you accomplish that? That's a good answer. Yeah. Uh, can we all agree that's all of our answers? That's one of them. <laughs> I've got, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'll, I'll do one. I'll do yes, one. Okay. Do it. You do one. Um, I think for me, it is I would, I want to call on the, the community to imagine what is possible from this point moving forward and to embrace it and realize that you have every ability to, to make it happen. And that means raising up our community, whether it's business or nonprofits or each other, that all we have is each other and do that. Yeah. yeah. And vote. Oh, and vote. Please vote. <laughs> Please vote. Yeah. Good. So, that's so I think my Bye, call to action. <laughs> Sorry, oh, go Holly. This is so hard because I agree with Tracy. Um, reach out to your local shelter rescue favorite organization and find out how you can support them. Just simply ask, how can I help you? Um, I agree with Marika. I know I'm going to agree with Lauren. <laughs> um, <laughs> I honestly, I think my, my best advice for call to action is to how 
is to ask yourself, how can I be a better steward to the animals of Seattle? Whether they are um, homed or not, how can I be a better steward to the animals in my life or around me? Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you. And Lauren? Yeah, so I'm just going to keep expanding on this idea because mm -hmm. I think we're on to something. Um, so like, we all whether we can see it or not, and sometimes just ask the people close to you because maybe they have a better answer than you do, but we all have superpowers, we all have talents, we all have things that we're good at. And so right now, um, even though you might not be able to like physically go to your local shelter, you can do what Tracy said, you can do what Holly said, um, and, and think about how those talents, those superpowers, those whatever can, can contribute within your sphere of influence like if you're sewing masks like you're a rock star if you know you're using your talents as an artist to raise money for a cause that you believe in you're a rock star um if you're fostering like yes <laughs> you know um if you're finally you know able to let go of maybe a pet that's past belongings and donate it to uh, a shelter, you're a rock star, you're doing something. We all just have to keep doing something and we have to hold really tight to this concept of community and, and like hold really tight to this concept of that, like we're, we're in this together more than ever. And um, all these dividing lines and stuff are just, it's just really bullshit. If, if you see a pet owner in need, like do something to help them. Yeah. Yep. Um, oh, yep. So. All right, goosebumps. Yeah, I knew yeah. I knew she'd have the right answer. <laughs> there are no wrong answers. Climbed it up. It's really your answer, and then yeah. I put a sprinkle on top. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I'd agree with it. So, I don't know. I think I think we're gonna probably say this a lot this season, and for good reason. But community is really important, and it's powerful, and it's transformative. And I'm just super freaking pumped to be doing this with the three of you. Yes! Yay! And you also win with the uh, quote of the day, you can't control anything, cutie pie. <laughs> oh, God. Random Lauren quotes. Great. I yeah, it's got to like be. The, that's the title of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I just see it. There it is. Oh, um, yeah, before we move on to the next little bit, I just want to open it up for any questions you guys have for each other about anything we talked about or anything you want to contribute to this Season Marka. two opener. Oh, yes. I have a question for you. Ooh, what is the biggest lesson you have learned since starting the Seattle Pet Collective podcast? Okay. Mm, right. Mm -hmm. Well, I think <laughs> I've, no, a lot of them. I think I've already talked about this with each of you, but it has been, I, like, like how COVID has opened things up and made us have to look inside of ourselves and find our strength. And also let go of ego, let go of anything we thought we had to be doing or who we thought we were and realize what we can be and step up and become that. And my biggest lesson, it has to do with letting go of control for sure. Um, and understanding that my place is, is, in, is in building, is in connecting, is in creating. And my greatest strength and, and gift is to open that space up for, for community. And so this right here, what we're doing right now is my dream come true with what I created Seattle Pet Collective for. And so that's my biggest lesson has been to, uh, to listen to that voice or that whatever it is that comes and says, okay, here's what's next. And, and to, to follow it. Yeah. Because now look at like, I, I can't even tell you guys how amazing it is just to hear each one of you share every little piece of wisdom that you shared today. Cause like, I mean, and it's only been a, not even an hour, like it's yeah. amazing. So that's my, my biggest lesson has been, is, has been to understand and embrace the gift of, of like re, of discovering what your true strengths are and, mm -hmm. and how to, how to use that for the greater good. Yeah. So, 
And that's your superpower. The way you connect (laughs) people to themselves and people to other people and people like that, that is your superpower connecting and watching, watching you weave this little web of connection that you have going on within the Seattle pet community is amazing. It's like you're, you are a wizard because you can take this one little strand of connection and turn it into this community of like-minded people that get shit done. Like there is stuff that needs to be done. And so you figure out who, who needs to go where, and then it gets done. That's it. That's a superpower. That's amazing. Well, it's, it's a collaborative thing. And I think it's, thank you. Thank you. I should say thank you for that. That was very very sweet, but I think, and, and that's part of my, my journey is, um, is understanding that to, to share that space with other people and give, because I think that we all have that in us mm-hmm. and it just comes down to getting rid of the bullshit yeah. and saying, okay, I sign up to be a part of what moves us forward and what lifts us, lifts us up rather than being stuck in what we don't have, what we can't do, uh, mm-hmm what hurts us, any of that, like to let, to be, to acknowledge those things because they're an important part of our journey, um, and our growth, but to, to say they don't get to own us. Exactly. So, um, and that's what we want to do with anyone, with our, our guests who come here and share their stories and, and the people who listen to what we have to say, even when we're crying. Right. Which will happen a lot. (laughs) yeah it's okay I already I already <laughs> broke the seal it off right yeah <laughs> oh my gosh um also I remembered uh my brain finally remembered but it's Heather Hall the underground dog project poop thank you Heather and it's wait one what tale, one tale Under- at a time uh port portland there we go I got it okay. out before I forgot the it again thank underground you dog project poop mm-hmm Mm-hmm. it's a it's an acronym for where she is in um oh. it's pups as, out of i think it's i don't remember the town name but it begins with a p um, i love it yeah she's really awesome. We're like and the rest of the word poop yeah me too <laughs> yeah, I love it. and one tail at a time portland oh i love it there we go shout now out. i won't have that weighing on my conscience yeah. like how could i forget these things well anyway, shouting out shouting out awesome people and rescues doing awesome things is always welcome so yeah we want to support them as much as possible um okay so i feel like we could talk for a really long time but we are trying to keep this relatively reasonable amount of time so people don't have to i don't know you know what i mean yeah i could talk forever with you guys so (laughs) with you ladies um Last thing I want to know is, please tell me your favorite thing about our Seattle pet community. I'm sure there will be overlap, but that's okay. We can just share different things. I mean, this is my favorite thing. What's happening here? This is pretty good. (laughs) The passion. Thinking. I like how how vibrant it is. Mm-hmm. How um, we pre-COVID had so many events that now have pivoted to be virtual events, but um, we just have so much um, collaboration and connectivity. You know, organizations supporting one another, um, and it's just you, you can feel the love when when you're um, when you're um, connecting with one rescue and they're talking about how they work with another rescue, like. Uh, Feral Cat Spay Neuter Project works with so many cat rescues and then so many cat rescues um, help one another. Um, It's just seeing that how everybody is connected and everybody um, is helping everybody else. And that's, uh, I think, something that's very powerful in the Seattle community. Yeah, it's an amazing community. Yeah, I think Tracy said it well. I agree that um, the support is amazing. I think my favorite thing about the Seattle pet community, and this is coming as an outsider from Seattle, um, the Seattle freeze is a real thing, you guys, but dogs are a great equalizer. And um, 
the dog community has welcomed me into Seattle with open arms and no questions and no judgment. And once they got behind me and I found my place, though there will be no going back. This is where I'm supposed to be. So I think that's my favorite thing. Lauren. I, I agree. I think, man, I feel like I'm just going to add another sprinkle, but pretty much um, it's like that we are lucky as um, women in the pet business culture to live in a place that um, is so pet and dog centric um, mm -hmm. that has really totally embraced that aspect of itself. Um, and I'm really grateful for that. And I think that it means that there is this like really beautiful foundation for community to grow on top of that. Um, yeah, that's it. That's answer. It's so good. <laughs> Those are all so good. And of course there are many more things that are fantastic about our community. Um, What's your I, favorite, Marika? You didn't. Oh, answer. I did say. I said it was this. It was. Oh, this okay. Incredible. The incredible people within it who create community within the community, yeah. and it's it's amazing. I'm inspired by it all the time. Um, okay, so you guys know the very last thing we do. Oh, Holly. <laughs> She's like, no, don't make me do it. We love it. We love to meow. So um, please, each one of you, I want you to introduce yourself before you meow so that <laughs> the listeners know who's meowing. So we'll start okay. with Lauren. Can I, can I quickly oh. make a request? Yes. Instead of the meow, can I do, a, do an impersonation of a foster kitten talking while they eat? Yeah, that's, that's, that works for sure. Okay. That's yes. my favorite sound. Okay. Yes, that is, that qualifies for sure. Anything a cat, anything a cat makes of noise of All right. speaking is weird. Um, but okay. So for new listeners, um, I feel like I maybe have mentioned, talked about this once before, but the meow is an important part of what, what we do here because when you are, meowing as a human being you cannot help but feel joyful <laughs> and as a listener when you no matter who the person is uh when you get to hear them in that moment you feel joyful so that's what we do we like to end our our time with this joyful moment so take it away lauren okay uh so i'm gonna lead up to the good good that is gonna be tracy's but i'm not very good at this Anyway, too much talking, not enough meowing. Uh, okay, that's it. I love your smile while you're doing it. I feel like I, I like pop my shoulders up yeah. too, you know, like she I try dances. and get in the cat. It was a full body meow. Yeah, <laughs> there was dancing involved. Yeah. That's I feel like that is exactly how the cat that would meow that way would be and their tail would be in the background going. Just bing, bing. Yep. Yep. Bing, bing. Okay, Holly. Oh, okay. We're making Tracy go last. Yeah, great. Yeah, all right, we're going to make Tracy go last. Okay, mm -hmm. so I'm Holly, and this is my meow. Oh, I my gosh. That. I love it. Okay, I'll go, and then Tracy. We're, we have to end on Tracy because I'm super excited about that. Oh, man, I didn't even think about what kind of meow I'm going to do today. <laughs> but it's going to be... Do it. Oh. Do it. You know how cats, when they're looking, yeah. they're following the birds? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's the sound that mine make when they see a bug. Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Oh. Okay, Tracy. All right. I am Tracy, and this is how our recent foster kitten, Molly Ringworm, would talk, <laughs> perhaps warning her sisters to stay away from her food while she was eating. I was very impressed, but she would get her head down into the soft food and she would go and then she would like give him some wicked side eye like and then while she's eating. 
Oh god. Oh my god, it that's was... the best sound I've ever heard. That's it crazy. was impressive. <laughs> oh my god. I have tears in my eyes. Yeah. Oh my I'm god, so I glad that. that was our grand finale. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! And on that note. <laughs> on that note, you guys, foster kittens yes. so you can experience that incredible stuff do it your again, face Tracy. meow. Do it one more time. Do it again, Tracy. Do it again. Wait, do it again? Yeah, yeah do it again. All right. Molly Ringworm eating food and potentially warning her sisters not to take her food. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Thank you all so much for joining Seattle Pet Collective and kicking off this season with an amazing episode. <laughs> you okay, Holly? <laughs> oh my god. Oh. <sighs> Tracy, that was amazing. <laughs> I mean, right, I guys. knew it was going to be good, but holy smokes. <laughs> mm -hmm.